up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez, joined by my good friends Owen Evans and taking it to the max. Max Simpson, how are you guys doing? I missed you guys. Yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky that we're well. You're lucky that Phoenix Rising didn't win on on Saturday because otherwise, I get the feeling you wouldn't have been allowed back, Ramon. You know, wow. two wins initially. If they'd have added the third with you absent, Actually, yeah. then yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> For the greater good, of course. For the greater good. Yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have happily made that sacrifice if Matt <laughs> Rising went to the playoffs. So, <laughs> but yeah, happy to be back. A lot has happened in my absence. I can see and I can tell. But happy to be back with y'all. Ready to talk some more Rising. Uh, we got some news today, so we're definitely going to touch on that regarding one of the, the uh, one of the key rising players of this season but uh yeah lots to talk about of course we're going to talk about that game on saturday i'm sorry sunday uh saturday uh against rgv and uh and what it meant to rise one weekend one weekend away with a league that shall not be named and you completely lose track of days remember Dude, <laughs> it's, it's just wild it's just it's a wild time when you're traveling you just lose your sense of track and time. So, all right, y'all, let's just ju- yeah. jump into it. So Rising were eliminated, eliminated this past weekend. Owen, you were there in RGV. I heard it was really humid when you were over there. So uh, what 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 happened that day? I know it was a must-win game. Aiden Quinn does miss a penalty, unfortunately, in that game as well. But there were some classic defensive mistakes from Rising as well during that game. So describe what happened on, on uh, this past weekend. Jonas Fjallberg. Jonas Fjallberg is what happened ultimately. Yeah. He's someone who propelled RGV to a playoff place last year when he came in on loan. He looks like he may be doing it again this year. What they ultimately we saw was classic Phoenix rising in that they give the ball away in pretty dangerous positions and they don't react quickly enough then in that very, very quick transitional moment. Again, because they're giving them away in bad areas. And it comes back to haunt them. Um, beyond that, of course, look, it's something that came up today when we were chatting with Juan Guerra, Phoenix Rising head coach. He said it wasn't necessarily the team was bad for the whole game. They had good spells. They had good moments. And in their possession, they were fine until they got into the final third. And when they got into the final third, they weren't necessarily being as brave as they should be. Uh, they weren't taking on chances perhaps they should have been and that's where the concern was coming out of that game but there were still positives to take out of it so look overall it was a disappointing game I think and it was disappointing because there wasn't that excitement in the final third it didn't feel as though Rising were denied by a bit of bad luck really it felt as though they just weren't quite creating enough in there. Max, your thoughts? No, I agree with that. Um, I would also say that really Rising was pressed, like pressed to death, honestly. Um, their RGV's line was incredibly high and all throughout all three levels, um, offense, midfield, defense, and Rising cr- really just couldn't handle it. They played with... If RG if RGV played with Phoenix's urgency and if it was vice versa, it would have been a much different ball game. But I, I told Owen, it's almost like Rising was the team that played on Wednesday because they looked sluggish. They didn't look first to the ball. And RGV, to their credit, they got after it from the opening whistle 
rising was pressed to death um really didn't respond well with a lot of urgency out of the back either i think there's a time and place to be cool under pressure but far too often they were too cool under pressure gave the ball away cheaply uh you know ben lunt was our DraftKings player of the game king of the game um for good reason it could have been way worse of a showing and i do think rising had some nice moments in transition once they were able to beat that press but you know, again, to Owen's point and reiterating what Juan Guerra said, it was not adventure enough in the final third. And they really had to rely on beating that press regularly. And it just didn't happen. I think it's also worth noting. Sorry, just one thing to note here that while Phoenix Rising did end up being eliminated as a result of that game on Saturday, even if they'd won that game, they would have been eliminated on Sunday because of results elsewhere. Pretty much every result that could have gone against Rising went against Rising over the weekend. New Mexico would have been the final straw there. They picked up a draw against San Diego. Classic New Mexico getting a draw, I know. But um, that would have been the end there with El Paso getting the win and with Oakland getting the win. Yeah, yeah. So, and and this is a hole that we knew that Rising was going to have a tough time digging themselves out of because of the results in the middle of the season and just the way that they were playing. Uh, and it just it just wasn't going to go their way unless they really put in the effort and got a lot of points in the last few games. Uh, just looking at the the stats here, so seventy percent possession for Rising. That's that's incredible. Six hundred and forty passes the entire game to two seventy four from RGV and. I think it just kind of sums up what happened this season. The offensive firepower was not there in the final third. You know, I caught, I caught some of the game. I caught some of the highlights as well. And you could just see it. It's the same rising that we've seen the entire season where there was one occasion I see Babu making his way through like one, two, three defenders. But just the final pass or the final shot just wasn't on target. Can't create those dangerous chances to put rising on top. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's that's addressed over the, the offseason. Yeah. And again, that's something that came up today when you- in the press conference, when you've got 70-odd percent possession, you can't just have as as few serious attempts as they did. Uh, if you do that, all that's going to happen is you're going to end up with a result like they did. Mm-hmm. You know, meaningless possession is not helpful to anybody. Um, you've got to have that end product. You've got to actually threaten with that possession because otherwise it's just a statistic. For yeah, sure, for absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen, uh, were you able to speak with uh, with Juan or anybody, any of the players today? Any immediate availability? So we didn't hear from any of the players, but we did hear from Juan. They talk inside the camp is that they are approaching this one much like any other game. Um, that there is no fundamental change to the ideology behind how he's going to pick the players. It's all a competition, much as it is every week. Uh, We're not going to see a change to, say, put certain players that haven't played out there. Um, And that the atmosphere in the camp was described, at least, as being still very businesslike, even though there isn't going to be a whole lot to play for, other than a little bit of pride in front of the home fans on the weekend. One bit actually to note as well in there, sorry, James Musa will be... He still remains questionable. We don't know yet if he will be available come the weekend. He, of course, hasn't played since the uh, injury he suffered in the warm-ups against Sacramento. So I have to wait and see on that front. Hmm. Max, what do you, you know, as a player, you know, you might 
kind of give up for the season if, if you know that there's not going to be any playoffs or anything like that. But what, what do you want to see in this last game? Do you want to see some players get some extra minutes? You know, I, for once, want to see maybe Lalo Delgado get, get a start, you know, for once this season to see how, how he does. So what, what do you want to see this upcoming game? Yeah, I mean, if I'm an individual player, right, it's ever since Juan Guerra brought in, we keep on saying it is, it would have been an extremely tough lift to get into playoffs. And that really, he was brought in not just to rescue this season, but also to be the face of this club moving forward. I mean, if I'm a player, that gives me an opportunity to next year is going to be in many ways a blank slate, regardless of who's under contract or who's not. And being able to stake your claim and say, hey, I deserve a spot not only on this team, but being a contributing member, it really leaves a lot of how you end the season. Now, that's Honestly, on a positive note and in a best case scenario, you got to feel for the guys like you can. I can say all of that stuff, but realistically, I believe it's going to be pretty darn hard to get up for this game when like you realistically don't have anything tangible to play for from a record standpoint. I mean, it's pride. It's having your job security the next season. But other than that, like it's really tough to ask the guys. I mean, you can you can say what you want, but um, I'm, I'm curious how they come out on Saturday. In Pat Moses' words in the chat, give us Dunn. I want to see Nile Dunn out there. Please, please. Even if it's only a cameo off the bench, I want to see Nile Dunn take the field this season. He did last year, of course. He managed to play up in Vegas. Uh, he spent a lot of the year out through injury, but he is available. He made the trip up to Sacramento when they were struggling a little bit with uh, with some injuries and you know international duty, all of that at that point. So, hey, he's there. I mean, mm. I wouldn't rule it out um yeah. i will say as well let's have a look at some of the things in the chat is moose's deal up at the end of this year i don't believe i have a specific answer on that one that i can give you unfortunately um some people yeah I, I i don't know we know some people whether they're under contract or not we know others are a bit vague a bit more up in the air um We've also lost Max, by the way. Maybe Max's contract just ran out. But um, look, at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think I, I will say is actually, by the way, if anyone's seen the list that's floating around, um, I think it was on Reddit today. Was there one put up taken off of transfer market? Don't trust it entirely is what I'll say. And we will go through this list of contracts, I think, later in the week, and we're going to talk specifically about who we want to see stake a final claim that they should return later in the week. So there you go, Michael. But I wouldn't fully trust that list on Reddit because it doesn't quite align, at least with things that I've heard separately. So just wait and see. Patience yeah, wait is for the uh, name of the game. We'll, we'll give you wait for word. Thursday. <laughs> Um, as far as Channing uh, Chaston, we, we did not see a lot of him this season, whether it was uh, performance-based or injury-based. But, I mean, if he's available, I would like to see him play. You know, we only He's injured. For- he's out. He's, he's out for this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming Ryan Flood as well. So it's yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, because th- these are guys that I, I didn't feel like got their fair opportunities this season. Someone that I've advocated for is Carlos Anguiano, a little bit more minutes. We saw that. Uh, you know, in, in the last few games, but in this last game against RGB, he didn't really see any playing time. So it's it's rough. And I, I think as a player, you know, thinking of it business-wise, you know, you have to understand that this may, might might be the last time you suit up for Phoenix Rising. Is that something that's fair to say, Owen Max? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it makes it an awkward one as well. Look, as a perfect example, there are three players on this team who have made over 100 appearances for this club. And we don't really know if all of them are coming back next year. So it's one of those things at this point, you want to be prepared for the fact that it might be a send-off for some players. It will be a send-off for one, at least. We know that. And it will be a send-off for others as well. We know they're ready for difficult decisions. There's going to be a lot to to deal with over this off-season. It's not going to be easy, but it's harder when now you go into this final game again, and there are a lot of players here who do mean a fair amount to the fans, and yet we don't really know at this point, will they be back, won't they be back, and uh, you can't necessarily give them the send-off that you'd hope to. Yeah. It's a it's a tough league, man. I mean, especially from, uh, from the business standpoint, if... Even if you don't know whether this is going to be your last game in a rising uniform, um, you're always playing for something. And I, like I said, I know, I know that whether you're going to be on this club or not next season, you're play, you're fighting for that next opportunity either here or somewhere else. Um, I mean, in addition to just individual players, I'm really curious to see this club kind of transition with maybe uh, either a few different formations. And really, the thing I'm thinking of is thinking outside of just individual players. If you zoom out, how does Juan Guerra, you know, does he have a backup system when things aren't going well? Does he have a bit more of that? I don't know that, that emerge that break glass in case of emergency of we need to do this if something isn't working. And that's something that I really haven't seen in the last couple of games. So I would love to see in this last match, even if it's not with the players that aren't going to necessarily be there next season, experiment with your coaching philosophies and see like see if you can build on some stuff for next season um and i think the players were are more or less going to fall in place like look this last game is not going to undo any good or bad work it's not going to make or break any one player's career but it is the last thing people remember so i mean that is something to play for before we transition here guys you know we'll we'll talk about this more on thursday but if you had to pick one, you know, side of, of the of the Phoenix lineup that you would want to improve the most heading into next season, would that be the defense, the midfield, or the or the the forwards? What 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 do you think is the the number one priority heading into uh, next season? To me, the real thing that needs fixing right now. I mean, people are saying defense, <laughs> which is amusing because you know I don't think Rising have ever been especially you know, capable defensively. I think this team is struggling to score and struggling to consistently yeah. create chances. I don't think that's necessarily a true center forward issue, but you need more chance creators around them. I think that if JJ Williams can be brought back and he's one of the people we don't believe is under contract for next year, little spoiler for you for Thursday. Um, then personally, I would be okay with the idea that him, Greg Hurst, and Richmond Antwi as players are fine up top, but they need more chance creators around them. They're going to give them the service that they need. Yeah, I I agree with that assessment. I think it's such a tough one, man, because like there's so many, there's not, it's a little bit of everything really needs help. And for just because you covered it for for sake of argument i'm going to say kind of that's a twofold i want to see lambert play in 
my mind, more of his natural position in the midfield. Therefore, we need someone in the defense to kind of shore up his spot. I understand he can do the job back there, but I'm I want to see our players in their best roles to succeed for me, for me in my mind, that is him in the midfield. So I want to see what the defense looks like. Cause I think, I think the midfield had its issues, but I think a lot of them were a lot were Nella were kind of nullified when he was playing there. So then to me, when you take out, you know, Lambert out of the defense where he's arguably one of our better defenders as well, um, you need to shore up that. So to me, it's a defense issue when you're building him from the defense to the midfield. Shout out in the chat there as well, by the way, that, yeah, the the biggest improvement could actually be knowing where they're playing next year. Um, might help. (laughs) Would be helpful. Would be helpful. (laughs) All right, y'all. But yeah, we're definitely going to, we're definitely going to touch on this a little bit more on Thursday, who we want back, what needs more improvement. So stay tuned. Make sure to to, uh, uh, join us on Thursday. All right, y'all. Let's take a quick break. Talk about our friends at Four Peaks. Man, I could go for some Four Peaks, uh, some beer right now. That (laughs) sounds really good right now. Um, But yeah, if you guys haven't yet, make sure to check out the 8th Street location in Tempe. And Max, I don't know if you went to a tour. I know it was offered to us here at PHNX, but I hear that they're doing these haunted tours now that it's spooky season. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that if if you did go? You didn't go, Max. See, yeah, I go, went. Huh? Yeah, I, went, I was actually, not able. I, went, to went, come on, went. I actually, I actually went spoiler. Yeah, I will say that it I was it. Okay, sufficiently, so. sufficiently scary. No, oh, I'm yeah. going to say that Chiston Susel did swing her arm and left a big crack in the side of the plastic glass that I was holding. So. <laughs> Sheesh. Okay, there you go. That's a that's a good endorsement, I think. That's at least at least that's at least a yellow. No, but I also saw Lindsay on our son show. She posted a video of our GM Saul, and oh my gosh, that man got spooked. So and you know, oh, yeah, Saul, that was just spooked, that was just the brewing equipment time. like rattling a little bit, and that was it. Then he was off. <laughs> yeah. He was done. Like. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was a fun time. So if you guys want to go on these haunted tours, you guys can join them um, at the their haunted brewery tours uh, every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from uh, September 26th to November 2nd. And uh, they do tours starting at 7 and 8.30 p.m. Uh, and I believe the tickets are $35 and it gets you the tour, a, pit, a picture of their pumpkin porter and a t-shirt. So that's a great deal. Spooky season. Take your girl, take your friends, take your family and have a great time. Just don't swing. <laughs> we don't want any issues with that. Uh, with that, he's been off for a couple of shows. And he's already talking about taking his girl. Good man, good man. Oh we start God. those rumors back up. <laughs> and uh, just remember, guys, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks Brewery. All right, y'all. Um, pretty, uh, pretty big news that dropped right before the show got started today. Uh, Luis Manuel Seijas. He will not be. Uh, coming back next year as far as Phoenix Rising because he is hanging up his boots. He's retiring. He made a statement on Instagram and also on Twitter. So if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to check that out. But, you know, Owens, you've been covering Rising for a very long time. You know, what What does Luis Manuel say has mean to, to Phoenix Rising? And, and, and why is this such a, a huge deal for uh, a huge loss, I mean? So anytime you have a team like this where you've got some younger players, a variety of players who are kind of like fringe professional footballers. Let's be perfectly honest. Okay. That's where a lot of them are. A bad season can be the difference between playing football and not playing football professionally for them. Having someone who has played at a much higher level 
and has a lot of experience at a much higher level to come in to mentor them to be a leader in the locker room that he's capable of doing is is huge beyond that he's also shown i feel repeatedly at times this season that he's just willing to get what needs to be done done on the field um we've seen him at times where he's the one who seems to read sometimes the attack is stalling we've just got to start shooting and some of those shots have gone in uh he's scored a few this season i feel as though he's proved that he can still do a job at this level and to me that's why looking at this it's disappointing that he won't be coming back it's disappointing that the club aren't pushing necessarily for him to try and come back and we've ended up with this decision being made yeah i mean i think you a lot of the time you need those glue guys right those guys who like you said they take players under their wing and even more so on 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 the pitch he's someone who even if you're not mentioning his name often every game in his position in a way that's kind of a good thing right like i i don't know there was there's he's not going to every day have one of those performances where it's like wow but I never really saw him have a string of games that were abysmal or ones that were like, he should not be in that position. And for someone, you know, uh, of his age, what, 36 years old, like that's, that's pretty, it's impressive, right? Like he kept the standard. He was someone who you can rely on. And in this league, especially where, you know, you're playing a lot of games and quality can dip, especially after a bad season. That's someone I never worried about when he was in the lineup. I never questioned it, honestly. And that's a really good point, actually, because this has been a season of finger pointing, okay? Mm -hmm. It's been a season where we have consistently had to work out where things are going wrong. And if you, you know, aren't someone who's having a finger pointed at you, which I don't Mm -hmm. think he really has, he's maybe had one or two subpar performances, but subpar, not poor, just subpar. You know, overall over the season, he hasn't performed like that at all he's been pretty decent in that squad Mm -hmm. i'm just disappointed i I really feel as though he could have done a good job for this club for another year um and i I know it's hard it's a hard decision to make of course coming to the end of your career and as you mentioned he's 36 i'm not expecting him to to play every game but there's still a there's still a role for him in this team, and it's a, a shame that we aren't going to see him in that role next season. Yeah, I, I was really surprised when I saw that statement. You know, the the quality that he brings, the the leadership, the pedigree. You know, he's played in Copa Americas, he's played in Europe. You know, this is a guy who, who in one of the uh, in interviews that he gave, he said, "Looking at my metrics, my my body's like a 25 year old. I could keep playing. I'm good." And so I was really surprised. So I don't think this is a, you know, a performance based thing. You know, I really don't, you know, I know his family lives here and stuff like that, but maybe that's part of the decision. But if there's any way to bring him back, <laughs> I would want, I would want to say he has to come back because in some stretches of, of the season and Owen, if, you know, back me up, if you agree, he carried this team on his back. He Absolutely. literally got, got the three points for rising. So for someone like that, to, to just hang up the boots like that, it's kind of anticlimactic. I think he deserves a little bit more. Now, is he going to play 34 games next season? If he, if he did come back, I don't think so. But maybe if he can give you a solid 20, 25, I think that's great. And you still have him in the locker room. You still have him to develop those young guys. You know, it's so it's sad, man. That's that's a big loss, I think, uh, for, for next season. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And look, so your point that you made there, if you can find any way to kind of coax him back, Bobby, get the checkbook out. Just <laughs> do check. it. Just do yeah. it. Get the checkbook out. Bring him back. Because if you can, I I don't see an easy route to replacing him as a whole. We've already been through a situation where we've had a player that you're like, I can't replace this player in whole. I'm going to have to replace him by part. And we saw how that went. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to suggest that Luis Say has his quite as pivotal to this team as Solomon Asante was. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he's still not got a role that he could very, very easily fill in this now, Michael team. Michael in the chat is suggesting replace. assistant position. What do you think? Mm. I, I'm not so sure. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, but, but if you were going to do that, you could just have him as a player assistant. Like if, yeah, I don't That's know. True. That would have to be so tough. I, I would think like you just retire and then you already, you, it's almost like you're too close to the game too soon. Listen, people have done it and I wouldn't, I would people here did it. No. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out, but I guess it's, I don't know. Like, especially if you, if you still think you have a good motor on you, why, I don't know, why give yourself more more time or maybe not right immediately? You never know. But uh, I don't know. I, I would maybe give it a, a season or two before discussing that. Um, I mean, I think, and I think the biggest thing, I know you touched on it a bit, Owen, but like the the non-tangibles and what he brings to a locker room, especially in this transition phase, someone who is able to help steady that ship. Gosh, we already know this season's been rocky and you're talking about next season where if expectations were high this year and you underperformed, you don't even know what the expectations are going to be next year. So having that steadiness um, holding over, I don't know. It's going to be missed. It, It really will be. And it's just something that if you, you know, as a player, he can walk into any locker room in this league and garner respect just yeah. because, you know, this is a guy, who, as we've said, he's played in the Copa America. He's he's won the Copa Sudamericana. He's a very, very talented player that featured for a while at one of the biggest clubs in uh, Colombia, is it? Colombia, Belgium. Here. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. <laughs> you yeah he's, played, he's played a lot of places here now. Um, and, of course, he represented Venezuela on many occasions as well. So, look, it's I, I'm still just a little bit surprised at this because, again, I gather that he's relatively, and him and his family are relatively happy here. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's capable. He's capable of continuing to play. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he can change his mind. You know what? Well, I think we all agree that we that we want him back for sure. All right, y'all. Let's take another quick break and talk about our friends at OGs. Uh, OGs just did something that is totally gonna change the game. They just launched their brand new Sleepy Edition gummy. Um, I see the I see what you wrote here on the ad copy, Max, but I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> no, don't deprive the people of that. Uh, I know it's a rug, but I'm not gonna read it. Uh, but yeah, you guys can now buy the Sleepy Time OGs now. Um, and that can flavor your dreams. It has a two to one THC to CBN ratio. So it's it's amazing to go to sleep, pump it in, get, get a great night of sleep before uh, doing your thing the next day. And the Sleep Edition Gummy uh, comes in the new Aqua Berry flavor. So we highly recommend that you check out OGs online at OGsBrands.com and on Instagram at OGs. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to purchase. We're finally getting to the time of year where we can actually sleep. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff. The, the soccer calendar in, in America is a little odd. So, you know, I mean, at least you get the holidays off, you know, at least for a little bit. So, um, all right. Another news, y'all. Bobby Duell. I know we've seen him in the chat plenty of times. <laughs> oh, no, you Bobby brought Duell. the name up now. The chat is oh, going. No. To... It's great. Here they go. All right, Owen. So, yeah, Bobby Dooley uh, put out, puts out a statement, you know, basically uh, letting people know what's going on behind the scenes regarding uh, the stadium and some other stuff. So can you kind of run us down through what, what's in that statement? Yes, the update is there's no update. Um, there you go. <laughs> more than anything, the, the key thing here is that it's perhaps a positive in some ways and it's communication. And people were complaining there wasn't communication. The positive here is there is communication. They are actively telling people, look, this is the situation. They are actively telling people, we have changed the rules slightly over the season ticket renewals. And we're not just saying this over Twitter. We're putting it in an email now. So everyone has it. They know it's accessible to them. And people know, okay, if I want to wait and see until they confirm what the stadium situation is going to be, then I can do so. And I'm not going to be penalized for not paying up now. Because, of course, the original renewal date was, I believe, this weekend. You had to... Mm-hmm. do that but look the the downside to it of course is that it's october season starts in march you're going to want to be training before that you'll have preseason in feb possibly the end of jan even sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to be getting a move on this can't wait forever um I can't remember the, I believe it's November. I think this team technically has a month in theory to show that they've got the, they've got a year's lease available under the professional league standards that US soccer set out. Look, we also know that the professional league standards are in many ways a bit of a joke. Um, That was done to death. No small bit by the Yates report, which pointed out that they just kind of give waivers for everything. You know, you don't really have to show cause you just get a waiver, but, the most recently published ones on U.S. Soccer's website do show that you've got to have a year-long lease set out in advance, and I think that date is in November, if I remember correctly. Um, mm. So they've just got to get a move on, really. It's yeah, it's not great to have this cloud hanging over you, and it's not great in terms of, look, you're about to start having to try and recruit in players. Yeah. Where are we going to play? Well, I don't know. I <laughs> So I just come, just hang out in Phoenix. No, no, hang out no, no plans, just vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what are your thoughts on this situation, man? As a player, as a fan, like, what, what do you make of all this stuff? Yeah. Um, first off, I love how you say "as a player." So flattered. Sunday league player. That's Sunday league superstars. That's a golden boot. Simpson two seasons ago to you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Anyway, division, uh, what what division was that in? Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> it was Ramon's division. That's all I'll say. Um, so, I mean, I would say it's. I don't understand the timing of it. Why miss out on ticket renewals on new fans coming in by waiting to drop this statement so late? Like, I understand Twitter lives in a vacuum and not everyone saw the interaction that kind of got generated from Bobby coming on the pod, what, a month plus ago. But, like, why wait until the date 
that the weekend that tickets were going to like not auto renew, like that doesn't make business sense to me. You literally lose out on a lot of fans who are like, okay, well, I'm not going to pay this high rate. I'm out of here. Like, I, it, it just doesn't make sense. I guess better late than never, like for sure. But it, it's it wasn't very complicated of a of a release. Just do it sooner. In terms of everything you're saying, Owen, about the actual situation, yeah, we're kind of getting to that point where have this conversation. But then I don't know. It kind of behooves you as a club, as shitty as it is, to not say as much because then people are like oh, well, you're talking about this and that, but now we don't know where we're going to play. It's a really, really slippery slope that the team's put them in. So I don't know. Um, I would love to hear some great answers of where the team can play. My personal thought, um, I know you like playing on a baseball diamond, something in Chase Field. Um, if not, Reach 11 has Solid very enough. nice complexes. It's a little north, but... Wouldn't be the that. first time. Wouldn't <laughs> be the first time the Valley's USL team has found itself playing at Reach 11, but I don't see that yep. one happening. <laughs> don't quite see that one happening somehow. No. Look, I think no. the thing that's worth noting here again, right... The uncertainty, as Digali is saying here in the chat, by the way, is is amateurish. Yes, I understand. I agree. I do agree with that. There's at least a bit of an improvement in the fact that it's being communicated. Because, again, the last time, the fact that this even came out, there'd been all the whisper, there'd been all the rumor about it. I think the first time we actually got an actual on the record, yeah, we're not actually sure now properly if we're going to stay here after the season ticket renewals were announced was when he came on this podcast. Yeah. It wasn't put out there when they started trying to get season ticket renewals. It came out because we asked him. doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so at least there's a little bit of an improvement. There's a little bit of forthcomingness, let's say with the, the information now that wasn't there before, but again, they've got to get this sorted. This can't keep hanging over you. Right, people are going to be leaving Wild Horse Pass on Saturday, not knowing if they're ever going to go back there. That's, That's not good. That's you're, not you're, good. They're in a very reactive situation, and every opportunity you have to be to be proactive, get the message out there, control the narrative. You have to take it. And I mean, this was an opportunity to do so. You're running out of those chances, and as it ticks closer to November into the new year, dude, you are in, a, in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look. Uh, amateurish is is one way to put it for sure. But it's just I think it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's been happening with, with the organization the entire season. If I'm the governing board and I'm seeing this, I'm asking questions. I'm like, why? What? What? What's going on? The fan experience is not well. You know, the, the fans are obviously not renewing uh, their tickets. We don't know when we're going to where we're going to play. You know, the, the product on the field is 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 not up to the standards of Phoenix Rising. I'm asking a lot of questions now. Oh, yeah. You know, the Rick Shantz left, Bobby Dooley's still there, and these things continue to happen. So it's it's time to ask questions now. And 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 this is the, the most frustrated I've been the entire season because at this point, like you're saying, Owen, it's about to be November. Season starts in March. You got to start recruiting these players right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not... Something that you can wait until maybe, hey, let's wait till the new year. No, it has to happen now. Players are seeing this stuff going on on social media. It's, it's just not a good look. You need these fans. You need these players to to make it as fun as it once was, and and you know make it as as put it as as how the brand used to be. You know, like this is not something that Phoenix Rising is or should be, and it needs to be fixed right away. There's a reason why everybody's complaining. 
And that's the problem, right? Because we're seeing an on-field, there's a process. We're seeing that Wangera's come in. He's trying to change things up. He's got a, an identity, at least, that he wants to instill. And there's space for hope going into this offseason. That, okay, he's going off. He's going to recruit these players. He's going to turn this into his squad. And then next season, we're going to see improvement of what happened this year. But you can't take that step back and just take the the deep breath and say, okay, things are getting better, because instead you have got that big cloud hanging over you. And I, yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad to be at this point. Other teams in the league, I know they do it, but Phoenix Rising has historically now held itself to a higher standard, and it needs to hold itself to a higher standard here. Yep, exactly. Uh, Bonnie says it's an extra hour drive round trip to Wild Horse Pass for me. I really don't want them to move again. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not good. It's a long trip for me too. <laughs> it's not. It's not the funnest drive all the way out there. And I think a lot of pants, uh, fans feel the same way as well. So we talked about this before, where I felt that Tempe kind of Scottsdale adjacent area was really good. It worked out for everybody. Um, I heard someone say that even the Veterans Coliseum, if they're ever like a stadium option became available would be uh where the state fairest um would be an option i don't think that would be feasible but you know it's an interesting idea i'd say but um but max wild horse pass is that something that you you enjoy the location or would you like to go back to its original maybe in tempe scottsdale I mean, I would say for the Coliseum, the circus already only comes around a couple times a year. We don't want it there every <laughs> every Saturday. Um, no, I mean, it's it's just interesting how when you hire Juan Guerra, you signal patience, you signal this is the new era, and it to Owen's point, it gives you that hope. And then to have this position, it's the exact opposite of that. There isn't a lack of clarity. There isn't a lack of direction. I mean, I I think fans. I understand they have their gripes with wild horse pass and like all fair, totally get it. I think they would rather, I mean, I, I don't, I do not want to speak for the fans, but if I'm trying to put myself in, you know, season ticket holder shoes, they'd probably want at least a clarity either one way or another of this is where we're playing. This is where the option is, you know, and have a bit more transparency. But I get from the club standpoint, you can't really do that because if you then you can't, it's very hard to backtrack. It's much easier to stay quiet and not do anything. And whether fans like it or not, that's just kind of the position that they're in. Um, it's just a, it's just an ugly situation, truthfully, where you just can't release the information until you know more. And I'm curious, the thing that get, that makes me very curious is how far along conversations are one way or another and if it's all just keeping getting close to the chest or if it's really like no we're sol we don't know what's going on like that's the scary part is you can't again i go back to you got to control the narrative and if you if you don't control the narrative it's people like you know us and other fans who are controlling it for you and that's the problem it's hard to negotiate in public but it's hard to negotiate in private when it's something so core to your club's identity and you have a pack of fans that need, need answers, especially when you're going to ask them to commit money and things like that season ticket money. When that season ticket money comes in early doors, that helps. That helps yeah. with recruitment. That helps give you an idea for budgeting for the year because you yeah. know you've got a fixed amount of money is coming in at least. When you yeah, don't also have say, that early doors, it's hard to budget because yeah. you really don't know what the crowd's going to be. 
For sure. And also like from a partner standpoint, like this is the, like most of the time the off season is when the renewals are happening and when you're looking to bring a new business and it's not, everything is tied to like signage or what's happening at the stadium, but it sure makes it a lot more attractive to the partners you're talking to where it's, yeah, we know where we're going to play next season. We have a firm grasp of what next season looks like when you don't have that. That's a really tough ask for people who are looking to spend tens, hundreds, thousands of dollars with you. Yeah, imagine hitting up a company and saying, oh, by the way, do you want to sponsor us? Oh, cool. I didn't know you had a team here. Where do you play? Eh. Like, it just, mm. <laughs> it just gets things yeah. off on a bad yeah. note from the start, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? I mean... <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not, not a good look. Not a good look for sure. All right, Speaking yeah, of not good looks. You wanna, yeah, we can jump right into it. Yeah, it's uh, not a good look right now with uh, what's going on with uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies and the USL. Uh, it's uh, an incident happened uh, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, I mean, um, and uh, the USL issued a ban or a suspension, I mean, to one of the players from Tampa Bay for some uh, racially discriminatory behavior that was said to uh, in a match between Monterey Bay and Tampa Bay. So Owen, fill us in on what's going on here. Uh, Tampa Bay is complaining that the 12th match uh, suspension is a little much. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? So Tampa's going further than complaining that the 12-game suspension is a little much. Right. Well, here's what we know happened, at least. People from Monterey Bay were very, very upset at the end of the game. Uh, at least from their perspective, Seku Kone was racially abused in some way. Um, the implication is it was gestures of some variety. Um, again, the exact details have not yet come out in full. The league investigated. Monterey Bay ended up not wanting to play their game last weekend while this was ongoing. And at the end of the day, then, the league turned around yesterday pretty late at night actually it was nine o'clock eastern i think roughly they put the statement which is classic usl in a lot of ways and said the investigation was complete they'd found that he'd violated the policy and therefore was suspended for 12 games tampa's response was they were appealing and there was a variety of things they had in there they said it was a rushed investigation they weren't given the full report but at the same time not only were they not given the full report but there was no video or audio evidence which personally to me those things contradict each other you either don't know because you haven't got the full report or you've got the report like it's these things contradict each other um but besides that there was complaints about the length of the suspension it's unprecedented for this kind of thing yeah yeah it is but that was a conversation that happened back in 2020 when you had a variety of incidents at the end of the year you had junior fleming suspended for six games of course that's the one we all know about here in phoenix you had omar antiveros suspended after a racial incident the week before six games as well and the conversation then was people thought it was too light and that's what was communicated to the league. The league said, okay, we're going to review this. Now we're having a test of that. And now it appears that 12 is where they're coming in at. So, look, it, it's hard because we don't have all the evidence. At the same time, what I'll say is this. It's not a good look for Tampa to be talking about intent at this point for two reasons. Number one, Intent really doesn't matter for this. I'm sorry. We, When we deal with an offense in football, we talk about what happened, not what a person intended to do. In this case, were the gestures that were made offensive, insulting, or abusive? And that can't be, did he mean them to be? 
it's would an, uh, another person, a reasonable person watching it, believe that those gestures are offensive, insulting, or abusive? And so just being, oh, it's a big misunderstanding, A, is quite frankly n- not a good kind of approach to take on this anyway, I think from a moral standpoint, to just be like, oh, no, you were just mistaken. Um, but also it doesn't really bear fruit in actually looking at, you know, under the laws of the games, he committed an offence. Um, beyond that, though, I, I just... I feel as though we don't know all the details, of course. We don't know what information in full the league had. But if he's found guilty and it's a 12-game suspension, I mean, it's it's an improvement to see it move to 12 from 6. I'll say that much. Just in general, for instance, of this nature, it shows a much more serious attitude from a league that doesn't suspend people for long periods of time. Max, your thoughts? I mean, not not much there. The only thing I can I can think of is uh, you 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 wonder always wonder what gets around to players and how information how information or rumors kind of spread from team to team. And the thing I can think of is the player in question question from Monterey who was like racially abused. It's like this is not an isolated incident. It happened the game before, and that doesn't mean that the punishment to me necessarily should be more or less. Like to me, it's kind of isolated. But when you think about it from a player standpoint, it goes back to the intent of you've got to know, like you, you, I'm sure as a player, you hear that. And so for the team, for Tampa Bay to try to think, oh, well, we're arguing intent. I mean, that just adds on to it that you've got to hear that that comes through. And like, it just, it's just a, it's just a double down bad look of, oh, we're trying to argue to intent. Yeah, but that player's been, you know, isolated in incidents for now two games in a row. So good luck with that one. It's just not not great. I just, it, I mean, the statement as a whole, I know I talked a little bit more about it earlier, but if you could almost boil it down to he didn't do it, but if he did, uh, 12 games is too much. Yeah. But even though he did, he didn't mean it. And the statement that the whole it was bizarre to me. There was an acceptance there that he was doing some kind of gesture, but they're just saying, "Oh, it was about the goal that he scored." He didn't mean it to be interpreted as something. Yeah. Right? Well, that's uh, that's on you. That's on you to not do something that clearly yeah. people because the Monterey players were mad about this. They no, it were was a heated game. Mad about yeah. this. It was a heated game. This happened after the end of the game, but mm. this incident particularly from what I gather, really, really sent the temperature through the roof in that Monterey Bay camp. That's yeah. why they took the action they did over the weekend. Yeah. And so... No, and, and I applaud I'm Monterey struggling. for taking that stand, for standing behind their player, because that player has been subject to abuse. And I, and I believe he was the one that was getting abuse as well after the, the Phoenix Rising game where he missed the yeah. penalty. And so, yeah, I, I applaud Monterey for standing you know, behind their plan and threatening... You know, hey, we're just not going to play because if the league doesn't do anything about this, it's going to continue to happen. And it's not and it's not right for this player. Now, on the Tampa Bay side, we've seen here in Phoenix what happens when you when you put out a statement without having the entire evidence or every you know, all the information. We've seen it with the Phoenix Suns. We see we saw it with the Robert Sarver situation where all those reports started coming out. They quickly put out a statement and all and that's all those statements that they put out were proved wrong late, later on. And so it's you got to be careful if you're Tampa Bay, 
before putting out these sort of statements because it can come and bite bite you in the butt because it's it's stuff that this is uh like really sensitive stuff it's not something they can just play around and say well our our team our, our coach said he didn't say it so he didn't say it like no like this is something that you need to accept responsibility on and if a player did as well then you need to take some some measures to resolve it i'm also going to say I think in this case, it's something that a lot of people misinterpret when they go on social media and seem to think that the idea of innocent until proven guilty applies to everyone is entitled to all of the evidence all of the time. And we all have to individually judge, you know, personally, I don't know if I can go outside and tell the sun's in the sky because I don't know what it is. I just see a bright ball. Like, no, no, there's a level of you have to trust people who are, more qualified to an extent and yes you have to hold them accountable as well but it's not there's a balance here right i mean people are also going out throwing around the the earlier comments that uh apparently the racial comments directed at seku kane on social media after the game against phoenix rising it's being used as though it's oh look he's made claims before or right does he have to come out and prove that to you now no he doesn't no no and I just, I'm I'm at a loss with all of this. It feels as though Tampa Bay are really circling the wagons in a way, as a club at least, and the fan base are divided on this. I will say there are a lot of people there who are really uncomfortable with the nature of the allegation that want this to be handled properly by the league and come to a, a real conclusion so that they can get a little bit of closure almost. But it's not good. It's it's a tough one to come out and defend because at the end of the day, again, look, it's, you'd have to presume, and I don't know this for sure. Again, we don't have the report. The league have something beyond just Monterey Bay's players saying what they said. You have to assume something exists because this isn't the first time that we've had an allegation of discriminatory actions since the junior Flemings incident. Jason Johnson was accused mm-hmm. when he was with Austin, I believe, and they were playing Real Monarchs of using a slur. And the league ultimately said that they didn't have enough evidence to take action in that case. To me, since they've shown that in the past they don't just take people on their word, I'd be a little bit shocked if they were just taking people on their word this time. But... Hey, who knows? It's, it's USL. <laughs> it's, it's, it's league know. sometimes. Know league. It's uh, it's yeah. not Nisa, but it's not a million miles away. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep you updated on what happens with the situation. Certainly, want to keep an eye on it. You know, it's not it's not a good look overall. So we want to make sure this this gets addressed properly. All right, y'all. Uh, let's take another quick break. Talk about our friends at DraftKings. If you guys haven't downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, make sure to do that now. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg that you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. And with payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football with anyone else and to make them uh things even sweeter you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game uh once per game day all season long so it's, sim- it's simple guys download the DraftKings sportsbook app use promo code phnx that's promo code phnx on the DraftKings sportsbook app minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply and make sure to check out the show notes uh for more details 
You know what? Just on that topic, by the way, speaking of DraftKings, boys, come on, let's get some Champions League picks for tomorrow. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? Who's who are you betting yes. on? Well, so the people watching know not to bet on them. I was I was gonna say I'm actually gonna put out I'm gonna I'm gonna put out on Twitter a little a uh, little parlay with all of the game the matches tomorrow. Ooh, so okay. yes, you can feel free to you can feel free to look at the tweet and then disregard everything completely. Okay, you know what? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna build it right now, just quickly. Let's just right talk. Now. So Atletico Madrid or Club Bruges. You can pick drawer as well, of course. Yeah. Uh, give me draw. Give me when in doubt. Give me a draw, especially Atletico. Go they, they draw. He's going to score draw. bunches. Yeah, yeah Napoli against Ajax. Oh man, Ooh. I'm gonna take Napoli on that one. They're doing really well this season. Napoli at home. Okay, uh, Plizen against Bayern Munich. <laughs> ah, hmm, at home. <laughs> it's not in Munich. It's Bayern, of course. It's going with Bayern. Nah, nah, give me, give me the draw. <laughs> You're taking the draw, <laughs> man. Draw, okay. Yeah. I saw Maccabee Haifa win 2-0 to Juventus. And yes, Juventus is imploding. It's a That's different story. Bayern, Bayern, little rattled after a last-second draw against Dortmund in the Der Klassiker. They're playing right. away from home. Right. I've seen crazier things. I've seen mm. it. All right. Barcelona against Inter Milan. That's... Oh, man. I want to... I'll give it to Barca. Yeah, I hate to say it. Give, give me Barca. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Rangers against Liverpool. Liverpool's not playing well at all, but I don't think Rangers has what it takes right now to, to get by them. Sorry, Greg Hurst. Give me the draw. <laughs> you going for the draw. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting there quickly. Uh, will Harry Kane's penalty merchant uh, FC... Oh, it's Tottenham ta- oh, ta- at home. Easy, easy win. Double down on that one. Going for Spurs, know. okay. Oh, oh, uh, Leverkusen you. against Porto. Hmm. These are getting tougher at the end. I know. These are the ones uh, that I usually go draw, but I'll, I'll take. Uh, Lever- and Leverkusen Porto is more or less a more or less a toss up. Not exactly, but yeah. Give me, give me Porto on that one. You are going for Porto, and then one sure more am. game left, just to see how what these odds end up looking like. Of course, Sporting Lisbon against Marseille. That's also kind of a toss-up. Marseille is kind of give me give me a give me a Lisbon in that one. You're gonna take Sporting Lisbon. Yes, I am. All right. Do you want to hear what these odds? Like fifty thousand. No, 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 no. It's more than that. Really? Plus. Yeah. Six hundred and one thousand seven hundred and nineteen. So it's tomorrow. If you bet ten dollars on that game, you would win over sixty grand. Now, see, if you want to go with my picks, a little bit higher odds. That's uh, plus two million one hundred sixty-eight thousand five hundred twenty-four. You put down ten dollars, you win two hundred sixteen thousand plus. Nice. Yeah, a little cash. Interesting. Hey, man, crazy things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun. It's fun. Yeah, Champions League is always fun to bet on. So uh, make sure to keep, you know, if you're using the draft, know, course, make sure to bet man you too in the Champions League. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was a yeah, make sure, remember, remember as well our catchphrase on this show. If you bet $100 on Man United to win the Premier League, you can lose $100. 
And they played pretty well against Everton. Everton was feisty. <laughs> you, everyone, we you, let's just clip that. We'll clip that exact sentence, and that's all we need. They played pretty well against Everton. Fantastic. Yep. They're getting better, man. I got to believe. All right, y'all. Before we wrap up, uh, I do want you guys to make it out to this game, uh, the last game of the season this weekend at Wild Horse Pass. Uh, have a chance to hang out with us. We'll see if we can do some fun stuff during the game. To thank you, fans, for for being with us the entire season. I know it's been a long season; it went by very quickly. Uh, you know, and I know it didn't end, or it's not going to end with the playoffs. But it's it's been a, a wild and fun ride. You know, hanging out with Owen and Max uh, here. So if you guys can make it to the game, I suggest you guys download the Game Time app. Use the link that's in the show notes. Use that link to purchase your tickets for this weekend's game and hang out. It's going to be a fun time this weekend. And again, we can send off uh, Luis Manuel Saijas, uh and, and congratulate him on a great career. And you guys can score up to last uh, 60% off on last minute tickets. If you're a, a procrastinator like me on other tickets, such as concerts, sporting events, not just Phoenix Rising. But since it is the last game of the season, I encourage you to click on the link on the show notes and download the game time app to purchase your tickets. All right, y'all. That's it for tonight. Great job, everybody. Uh, chat, you guys has been awesome, have been awesome as as always. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. It's going to be a fun fun time as well. All right, y'all. That is it from us here at PHNX Rising. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Until Thursday, take care. See you then.